Welcome to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast, where you will learn career strategies and techniques to help you break down barriers, make more money, and thrive in your tech life at work and at home. Technology has never been more mission critical to our online stay-at-home world, and you are the key to its success. You'll hear from diverse women in tech as well as experts who share both personal and professional strategies so you can transform your work and your workplace from the inside out. I'm Karen Morstel, former Silicon Valley tech leader and serial CISO for iconic brands like AT&T Wireless, Microsoft, and Russell Investments. I hope you will join me in my mission and message of resilience and transformation to make an inclusive and equitable tech industry. If you find this show helpful, please leave us a like and share it. And don't forget to hurry over to createyourleadingedge.com to join innovative and affordable group coaching for women in tech on your terms. And now on to Mojo Maker for Women in Tech. And welcome back to the Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast. And I am so delighted to have with me today, Lisa Dury. We share a lot in common, which makes it so much fun to have a conversation, right? So our decades in tech, our experience with burnout and our service to other people with burnout, I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Lisa, welcome to the show. Oh, Karen, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And we this conversation needs to be had. Oh, oh, man. Well, first of all, I would love for you to talk about your background. Like when you, you know, your time in tech, what you did, your podcast, Control-Alt-Delete, which I totally love the name of. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And then how did you end up? I am just would love to hear the story, how you ended up doing burnout work for people in the tech community and beyond. Man, yeah. So my story, the truth be told, I grew up and no one in my family had gone to college. And I just had this feeling growing up. I really knew that I needed that. I just wanted that. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. i had no real clarity on anything. I just knew you'd take the SAT and you figure it out. So one of my dear friends was a teacher. And I saw how dedicated she was to her students. And I saw how much she was giving. And I just felt like there was something to teaching. And so I actually explored that for quite a while. And one day I realized for me to have the impact to make the mark that my soul wanted, because I had this calling, but I didn't know what it was. I just had this feeling I needed to help people. Um, I realized in human resources, I could help through teaching, learning and development, and I could also help leadership way beyond just the basics of the, you know, on new hire onboarding. And so I got my degree in human resources because what I wanted to do is blend my love of people, but also this drive I had for a bigger impact. And I thought I could do that in corporations. And honestly, Karen, the craziest thing about my journey, I grew up in Southern California at the time when no instant messaging, no text. I'm going to date myself and it's okay, <laughs> right? But I remember getting to Silicon Valley, going to San Jose State, go Spartans. And my friends that didn't understand tech and what was happening, well, what do you mean there's a company called Yahoo? What's a Yahoo? You know, instant message. What, you're like typing messages to me? What is this? And I was so excited about innovation and I was so 
I just felt so blessed to be in this like incubator of so much amazingness that was coming forward. And so when I was getting my degree, I made the decision to go into tech because I thought, okay, great. I can do teaching, learning and development, human resources, but also be surrounded by brilliant people that were trying to make a difference in the world through technology. And it was just, I don't know, I guess the geek inside me found my way, right? I'm not the engineer. I've been in tech my whole life and I've been with them. But yeah, I'm a unique bird in that I love tech and I don't write code. <laughs> well, you help make it possible for other people to write code. I do. Yeah, I know the human code. I know the code of, you know, self-awareness. I know the burnout code. I know, you know, leadership codes, all that. And yeah, I, my story was that I went to San Jose State, got an internship at Applied Materials, loved it. And then semiconductors and from there on software, hardware. And now I'm, you know, all across the board, cybersecurity, ad tech, fintech, health tech, I mean, all of it. And I just, the people that are in tech are so inspirational to me because not only are they brilliant, but they're constantly pushing themselves for that next innovation and that next breakthrough. And some of the missions of these companies I mean, they're changing the world. And so, yeah, that's why I choose to stay too. Even though I burnt out in tech and I rebooted, hence Control-Alt-Delete. Yeah, I think there's a tremendous benefit to humanity, tech for the right reasons, and it's driven by people. I love that you use that kind of tech term, like, you know, burned out. I call it going into a deadly embrace. (laughs) (laughs) And then a hard reboot, right? Totally hard reboot. Absolutely. The blue death screen, don't people say that death. Yeah, blue screen of death, the, the spinning right? rainbow wheel, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, so we've both been there. We got there probably for very similar reasons, but I would love to know, like, what was that burnout path for you? And when did you realize you were burned out? And in hindsight, what did you learn from that? Oh, yeah. It's like funny when I go there, I feel it all. Do you know? Like, and I think it's really important to remember that because to be of service of others, you got to share your story. Right. And so for me, what was really hard in tech was not being an engineer. And that's why I was highlighted up front because navigating tech when you don't have the clout of the degree, right. Or the experience of, you know, working on the coolest tape out, you're kind of background noise. Mm-hmm. Right. And because I wanted to, really be of service and to truly add value. There was definitely times of, I'm going to call it imposter syndrome. I don't know that it's the right word, but it was like, do I really fit here? Right? Can I really relate? So I studied a lot of user manuals. I used to work with tech pubs too. And I'd, no I'd read way. stuff and I'd find engineers. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I've been there and done that. Right. Because what I didn't want was that to be a barrier, much less I'm a woman. And much less, I was the first in my family to go to college, right? At a state school. Now, I was working with people from MIT. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of the societal pressure, as well as my own beliefs about, am I good enough? And so I decided to be the absolute best leader I could be in my own life and at work. So I chose work over life for quite a long time. I got married at 37. I had my daughter at 43. I gave everything to work early on, right? And it paid off and it's rewarded. So my burnout story, I think it might be similar to a lot of people in the lens of what I'll share, but I want to give that context because I later realized engineers have imposter syndrome, you know, fellows have imposter syndrome, CISOs have imposter syndrome, CEOs, board members, whatever, like everybody has that journey. So whether or not you went to MIT or you got your associate's degree 
online somewhere. When you're in that environment surrounded by amazing people doing phenomenal work, it's like, I hope I'm adding the biggest value. So for me, I think my burnout happened when I didn't look around enough to realize the impact I really was making. And I gave myself that I just had to never good enough, keep going, keep going. And the rate of change in the organizations as a human resource professional supporting these orgs, it's dramatic between mergers and acquisitions, right? And bringing two groups together, much less product innovations and then customer consolidations and trying to manage, because I worked with sales and marketing all over the place. Fundamentally, the pull through for me that I realized was I didn't have good boundaries. I just kept doing more thinking that more would make me better. And I realize now looking back, like the one takeaway for me now, very clearly is that rest is rejuvenation. Like we power our phones more than we power our bodies and our minds. Oh my and gosh, so, that's so true. We um, plug them in to recharge. We do, right? Yeah. I didn't allow myself. I mean, I had maxed out my vacation and never used it. And, you know, they go to this unlimited PTO situation and I'm, you know, that's not motivating, right? You're just like, well, I'm not going to use it anyway. So for me, what happened? I ended up being a hundred pounds overweight. I was angry all the time and resentful. I couldn't remember things that used to come so naturally to me. Honestly, I lost my car in my own parking lot. The parking lot I would drive to every day. Couldn't find my car to leave some days. My family didn't recognize me anymore. I definitely had more conflict with my husband. My sleep was off. I was coping through food and sugar mm. specifically. And super um, common, by the way. So common. And honestly, I ended up in the emergency room. I was working late one night, normal. And a colleague of mine and I, I was sitting with her and I said, we were working on a slide deck. We were presenting to the executive team. And I thought, I'm having this weird pain up my arm. Karen, I swear to you, you know, you're typing, you're just going, you're, and I'm like, stop it. Like, go, I don't have time for you. Right? Go away. <laughs> Can you like, just stop sending me signals that I'm says trying. I'm working too hard? <laughs> and I type with one hand, with one eye, you know, I'll get this done. So it's radiating. And I'm thinking, wait, women's heart health. You keep hearing these messages. Oh. Then it went to my neck. And this is within a scope of hours. And I thought, so I looked over to my colleague. And I said, I think I'm going to go to the emergency room and I'm going to bring my laptop just in case, but this doesn't feel right. So I just want to let you know, you'll have to call me because I'm not going to be in the office anymore. And she looked at me and she's like, do you think you're having a heart attack? I said, okay, I'm going to drive you right. because you don't want to kill anybody. No, no, don't drive me. No, no, don't drive it's me. All right, it's all I good. Got I got it. it. I'll take myself. Yes. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so, but you know what? I'm laughing because I recognize it. And because Absolutely. so many of yeah. us do it. Don't we all? I mean, I would say boundaries, but also asking for help. And when good enough right. is enough. So emergency room, laptop, we're working really hard. They're ruling out a heart attack. They say, okay, you're not having a heart attack, but you're not going anywhere because something's up. So I honestly, I have a picture of me and her with my laptop. Now this will tell you burnout signs, people. If you're ever in the emergency room, taking a picture of yourself with your laptop and sending it to the exec, letting them know you won't let them down you might be burning out. So I still have this picture and I remember it completely. Like that moment, Karen was like a badge of honor. Like you can count on me no matter yeah. what, I'm going to get this done. Yep. Right. I look at that now and I think that's a badge of obligation. That's a badge of maxed out. That's a badge of honestly, Lost perspective. 
Oh, lost perspective. I was going to say lunacy, but that felt judgy. So I stopped myself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a badge of what in the hell are you doing to yourself? Right. And then also holding yourself in that space. To put it in a positive, thankfully you saw it. I did. Before it, yeah. it did turn into something more serious. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, it's like being in a pot of cold water, that whole metaphor I of the frog, the frog in a pot of cold water, frog. Mm -hmm. right? You turn up the heat, frog cooks in the pot of cold water eventually, right? After it gets hot. But if you try to put them in, they would never go into a pot of boiling water, right? Exactly. Yeah. Literally, we cook ourselves one little bit at a time. We cook ourselves one little bit at a time. And here's the thing about that experience, what it ended up being was an allergic reaction to an antibiotic that I had forced my doctor to give me because I had had recurrent bronchitis and I knew that I had this presentation to do and travel and I wanted to stop coughing, okay? Like, I just want to land on that for a second to think allergic reaction to an antibiotic for chronic bronchitis. You know how you were talking, your body tells you, I, was, I had no immunity left. I wasn't sleeping. I was a total hot mess. And I look at that and I think, okay, what would rest have done? Like if I treated my body, like I treat my phone, would I have gotten bronchitis? And so that's honestly, that's what I ask myself every night. And there's days I'm great at it. And I'll, you know, charge my body and go to bed at a decent hour. There's other days I don't, but I'm definitely more aware of it. And it rebooted everything for me because I realized health first, mental and physical. So no lingering effects from that. No lingering effects. So grateful. Everything works. But that antibiotic, what it did, some people have ligaments that tear and don't. Oh, yeah. The rupture, yeah. that tendon rupture. Exactly. Ding, mm -hmm. ding, ding. That's what was going on with me. And <gasps> yeah, no joke. Okay. No joke. So how did it happen? What did I do? It was years. And I think I was burnt out way before the emergency room. I think I have a resilience and a, a capacity. Like I have a very high energy and I'm able to get a lot of stuff done. And I think I took that for granted and didn't honor it to use it for a sprint. I think I was, you know, long distance running for years, like Forrest Gump, maybe. I don't know. Well, well you did one marathon after another. Yeah. Yeah. And you could. Yeah. And right? Rewarded and appreciated and valued. Right. I mean, that's part of the trajectory right. of the career, right? Right, right. It gets very rewarded. Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, I'm going to ask, this is personal, so you don't have to answer it, but in the hindsight, do you think that you recognized something in you that was driving you to that level of performance? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go there because that's why I'm here. I'm here to spread light on it, right? Well, I think there's a whole lot of people who need to see themselves in yeah. what we're talking about today, yeah. right? So it's, right. I appreciate you being yeah. willing to do that. 100%. And that's why I started with the college, right? And the non-engineer. My love language for those people that, you know, whether it's recognition at work or at home is words of affirmation. And I was in roles where I never really got the affirmation in the way I wanted. They would just throw money in stock. Great. Thank you so much. But I was always wanting that, that, you know, no one else could have done it the way you did. That was amazing. Or Lisa, you just saved us so much money running the sales conference the way you did with the vendor negotiation, whatever, you know, our technical teams are trained better than anybody. So when we are doing these customer releases, you know, we're grateful for what you do, but my work was so invisible, right. And seen in a way that wasn't 
on the same plane as the people writing the code, the R&D folks or the sales support teams, et cetera. I think I just, I was still wanting to feel like it was good enough. Do you know? And I mean, listen, we can go all the way back to family systems. We are all human beings on this earth for this curriculum that we're experiencing. And so for me, it really had to do, I think, with self-worth and honestly, well, self-love. You, you were proving. Yeah. You had to prove over yep. and over again. Yep. And not to them, by the way, just to me. It just kept getting rewarded. I think the people at the highest risk of burnout are the overachievers in the first place because the system is designed to take people that are really great and just push them as hard as you can because they're motivated to keep going. So your question was, did I learn something about myself? Yes, I needed to love myself more and my work less. I needed to value my time more and get really clear on how I wanted to feel. So the reboot for me, right, the control alt delete that I did I started focusing on how I wanted to feel. And that was a game changer for me because I was used to setting goals based on society, right? Get the title, get the promotion, buy the bigger house, have the boat, whatever, right? And I always- You got back in touch with yourself, like your your emotional, physical self. You got back in touch. Yeah, because worthy, right? Oh, if you have all that, you must be worthy. But wait a minute, I was born worthy. Whether or not I rolled out the next greatest customer event globally or the next sales conference or, you know, coach three executives through a reorg, I'm still worthy, you know? And so really getting clear on what's the job description and what was I overlaying on that? And so when I, and I stayed in tech when I rebooted, I didn't leave the company. I took a medical leave. We can talk about shame another time if you want to, you know, took a medical leave, went back in, had to navigate that, chose to navigate that. And then regrouped and reset boundaries at work because I knew that if I just left, nothing's going to be different for me. I'll just do it again. And I knew I had to like stand in it in my truth. So that's brave. I mean, the easy thing would be to kind of say, okay, it's the environment, it's this thing, and I'm going to go do a reset, but I'm going to go back to something or I'm going to go to something different and leave that behind. And you went back in it. I did. Yeah. And because what I realized is how I wanted to feel and I wanted to train myself. I mean, you know, I wanted to feel connected. So I'd have my one-on-ones and we'd walk or, you know, or grab it on the phone. I wanted to feel valued. And so I talked to my leadership team and said, here's what motivates me. You know, I remember early in my career, they gave me a weekend off a bonus. And I said, I don't know when I'll take that. Like, do you know, it's like, you got to meet the person with what motivates them And the person needs to tell you what motivates them too. Like I own the responsibility to let my leadership team know this is what matters to me. And um, it changed everything. And honestly, I noticed weight loss across the team. I noticed people laughing more. I saw people being more productive with less time. I mean, people were going to the gym and not feeling guilty. They did all this because you changed? I think they did all this because I changed the dynamic of the team that I led. And I started talking about how do you want to feel? I brought this into work every day. How do we want to feel in this team meeting? How do we want to feel when this project rolls out? Okay, are you doing what's getting you to that feeling? Okay, let's close that gap, right? I got way more intentional in my conversations. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, thanks. That's brilliant. Because, you know, there's like this pyramid, right? The pyramid is, I call it a pyramid of fulfilling life. 
I think Tony Robbins calls it a pyramid of life mastery. Mm. And the bottom of it is your physical layer, physical health, Mm -hmm. emotional health, right? Relational health, how you use your time. Those are the first four layers. Work comes in at five, right? Mm -hmm. But what do we do? We all go look at how do I perform? How do I perform? And we skip all the layers about how do I feel? Yes. Yeah. And that's a brilliant way without getting super involved and technical about it is like, how do you feel? And how do you want to feel? Like, get back in touch with that. Mm-hmm. That's, I love that. That's oh, I'm well so done. resonating. Yeah. So I get to give full credit, full props. The book that I read is called The Desire Map, which I thought, what a funky name honestly, because I was so in my head, but I thought, well, I'll do it. So it's just a map to figure out how you want to feel. I actually, that's the first license I got when I decided to become a full-time coach and consultant. I went and got licensed in that because I knew I needed to bring it forward. And it's the simplest question with the most profound answers because it's about you. No one else can tell you how you want to feel. It was a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. People can always judge your performance. Mm Mm-hmm. But you own, fully own how you feel. Yeah. And you're right to that. That's your right mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. So to feel valued can mean something different to anybody on the planet, right? But for me, when I think about wanting words of affirmation and appreciation, the smallest thing I did is I would say to my boss, such a great man, I'd walk in and say, you know, I'm not feeling appreciated. And he'd be like, oh my God, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then we'd laugh. I go, okay, I'm better now. Like that's how it became eventually. And it wasn't like you suck as a boss or I'm so pissed off. It was literally like, I need some deposits in the bank. Can you just throw me a couple that are real and authentic? And he'd be like, yeah, here you go. I'm good. Like that's all I, I love. <laughs> right. But that's the conversation. Mm-hmm. Another thing you're doing there that is so cool is that you are not talking about what the other person is or isn't doing. You're talking about the impact on you, yep. which nobody can deny. Yeah right? This is what's going on with me right now. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. Well, nice you know, me. I, like I said, I was going to do it different. And my last thing I'll tell you, which you'll crack up, which I had to figure out how do I make it light? Right. Cause coming back from a medical leave, they're like, Oh, are you going to sue us? Is this a stress case? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I own my choices and my decisions. I'm not suing anybody or filing a claim or you guys are the enemy what I am going to do is I'm going to bring light back in, right? Because I want light in my life. That's how I wanted to feel. So I'd bring the app in the meditation app. And if I was having a rough day in our one-on-one, I'd say, okay, I'm putting the flute on. And it would be like, you know, instantly the whole room would change. And we're like, oh, that feels good. Right. I'm like, exactly. A little Native American flute. Yep. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Some wind blowing through the room, birds in the background. Right. So I was just like, well, let's just take five minutes, you know, and now what I do with every executive I coach and every program I run, we start with, what are we celebrating? Like, how do we raise the vibe so that we can deal with the tough stuff? Because in tech, it's always the next problem, the next problem. Then it's, wait a minute, we just did something amazing and we're just glossing over that. Gosh. Yeah. So you have a method, you use a method that helps people, you elevate the room. You know what? I do elevate the room. I'm going to own that, right? Because we don't do that enough in life. I elevate the room. Yes. Well, and when you elevate the room, when you elevate the room and the people in it, the energy level goes up, the creativity goes up, 
vulnerability goes up. Yeah. Ability to cope with stress goes up. Yes. So many powerful things from that. And people do spend so much of their time swirling in a low state of mind. Mm -hmm. And if you can bring that energy in, I mean, your state that you brought to the room was contagious for everybody. And you raised it Mm -hmm. by virtue of not by any great like mandate, but by elevating your own state. Yes. You brought that to the room. Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't like I said, everyone must be light now. Yeah. Yeah. The good news. Everybody is. Yeah. The beatings (laughs) will continue till morale improves. Right. But what I did say is, how do you want to feel? This is how I want to feel. Right. And we just started meeting each other there. That's amazing. And some of the men on the team were like, what in the hell is happening? Feelings. I'm like, I know. And I talked about energy a lot, just like you did. Like, let's really talk about when are you at peak state, high performance, what really matters. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, I really want to hear a song right now. Great. What song are we playing? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to break out into a Broadway song, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know what is so powerful about this? Because I talk about this a lot is that people have, and I think you talked about this a little bit with your antibiotics. Mm-hmm. We do live in a pharmacologically driven kind of culture. Yeah. We have access, easy access to medicine, easy access to medical care for the most part. And compared to the rest of the world, yeah, we have easy access. And it's like, I don't want to take time with all this stuff I got to do, like <laughs> meditation, exercise, yep. right? Give me something right now to make me feel better. I need some energy, mm-hmm. whether it's a Red Bull or, yep. you know, a quad Starbucks twice. Oh yeah. My dirty you know, chai. I was drinking dirty chais. I'm like, that is like a heart attack waiting to happen. Good golly. Right. Coffee yeah. in your chai. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, you know what? I have to tell you something funny. We have so much in common. I ordered that by accident once. That's hilarious. And I was like, oh, seriously? I know. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that was like, no, uh-uh, no, stop. Yeah. The gal in the cafeteria is like, you need to pick me up. I'm like, I do. And I'm like sludging, right? She's like, here. I'm like, whoa, right. That tastes good. And it worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. We got a problem. You so bad for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like my burnout, one of my burnout stories, cause I actually did it twice, but I'm a slow learner sometimes. Oh, I'm with you too. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I had one of those, my moment of truth when I realized things had gone off the rails mm-hmm. in a big way was when I was hearing voices and I was at home. It was nighttime I thought, oh, it must be that I'm dreaming. And I get out of bed and the voices continue. I'm walking around the house and I start talking back to them because these voices are literally telling me that I'm worthless, that I'm a fraud, that I don't know anything, that I'm faking it and everybody knows it. I'm the only one who doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, super accusatory, right? And relentless. I couldn't make it stop. And it's like, I can hear it. And so I'm walking around the house. I get on my computer. I open up my email from Microsoft. I'm looking at my uh, notes and I start answering emails. And I'm turning around to this voice going, do you see this email? This is a really, really complicated (laughs) question. And I'm answering it. Like, I'm not a fake. Like I was, and then I was like, okay, in the morning, you're going to call the doctor. Mm -hmm. And I called the psychiatrist. He got me in right away. Check me out. Fortunately, everything was completely fine. Sort of like your, you know, warning signal, which was great news because I thought I was having a psychotic break. Yeah. And he, and he said, you're completely fine. And 
you're a little sleep deprived, but here's the deal. He goes, he wrote me out three prescriptions and he said, welcome to Microsoft. Mm -hmm. You you have no idea how many people I see like you. And when I talk to my psychiatrist friends, Mm -hmm. I'm not a medical care provider. I'm, you know, a coach like you, but I have a lot of friends in the healthcare field. And when we talk about this, it's like, yeah, this is like really common. We are being fueled on a variety of different pills in order to do the performance requirements yes. that are out there. It makes me think about when we were building the F-22 aircraft mm-hmm. many years ago, that it just really impressed me. I got to actually go up on the wing of the prototype wow. and like, I couldn't get in the cockpit, but I was looking in the cockpit yeah. And it's a high, high performance combat machine. And it does over the horizon warfare and combat. Like the pilot in the cockpit doesn't even see the target, but the plane does. And it flies and maneuvers in such a acrobatic, high performance way that it will kill the person inside. Like it is so many G's, it'll pull more G's than anybody can withstand, right? So here you are in this super high performance machine in the cockpit, the pilot, and the power of the high performance can actually kill you. And that's mm-hmm. what I like to think, you know, it's not like people are broken. Totally. We, this burnout, it doesn't mean you're broken. Burnout means you're the pilot in a high performance cockpit and you've got this thing pulling 35 G's. It's going to kill you. And you have to find a way to pull out, right? And, you know, it's like, (laughs) there's other ways to fly this plane. Oh my gosh. I'm almost in tears because that analogy lands it so well, so well. What you just said, and I think it goes back to what I was saying. I think the reason I love it so much is it's so succinct in that I owned it, right? I owned my, I took over the cockpit again. I got there. Yeah, you went back and flew the cockpit. It's like, all right, I'm in charge here. Yes. I'm in charge here. And I decide yeah. how this thing flies. Exactly. I love this so much because it's, you know, it's not even autopilot, if you will, to stay in this analogy for a minute. Right. Because what you're saying is an autopilot, it will do what it needs to and you will die. Yeah. Right. I mean. Right. right. You can't basically abdicate control and responsibility for how you want to feel. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So powerful. You know, we have so much in common, Karen. When I tell my doctor, my husband's the one that forced me to go to the doctor, by the way. So after the heart attack, well, took, anyway, long story. I'm in the doctor's office finally sobbing because I feel like I'm broken and he's going to tell me how effed up I am. Right. And he said, he literally sat down next to me instead of leaving me on that thing all alone and feeling isolated and less than he joined me, which as a leader, right. Don't we want joining when we're feeling raw and vulnerable sits next to me grabs my hand, which I don't know if doctors are allowed to do, but he did grab my hand, right? Looks at me straight in the eye. And I'm going to do just what he did. You have what I call Silicon Valley-itis. He says, this is the number one reason I see patients all day, every day. There is nothing wrong with you. Go get better. And I'm like, what? Right. Like I'm not the only one. I'm like, I'm the only one who doesn't cut it. Right. And I'm thinking at that moment in time, Karen, I think that honestly, I will never forget that because I realize now one of the reasons I went back in is I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'm going to talk about this. You know, we, this has to stop. And I'm not here to go, okay, CEOs, it's all your fault. No, this is like a system. It's a collective way of being that needs to change or you will be an autopilot and you will die. Like that's real. It's real. Right. right. So whether right. it's Silicon Valley-itis or welcome to Microsoft, they're saying the same. I wish doctors 
Like, I just want to blame it on them now. Can you just stand up and scream it louder so someone hears it? Not at the one-on-one level, but, you know, doctors have their own burnout too. So, I, you know, I so much here to say. Well, there's one who does, and you'll love his podcast, Manuel Astruck. Oh. And he does morning musings every single day on Facebook. Man, and, I'm and writing it down. He has his own burnout. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes too. Oh, great. Yes. He wants to go look it up. But it. And he's actually did a podcast with us at the very beginning awesome. of this show when we started. Awesome. And I just adore him. It's the, you know, rarely do I get brought to tears in an episode, but yeah, I did with him. Wow. This is so profound. So to hear someone who has those credentials, mm-hmm. right, talk about it. You and I bring different kinds of credentials to this because number one, well, he also went through burnout as a physician. And that's pretty common in healthcare, right? But yeah, the credentials that he brings to it as a physician are one thing. And the credentials that you and I bring to it as the relatable people in the tech industry who care very much about coming back into the tech industry to not only share our experience and all that we learned from that, you know, making our mess, our message, I guess. Yeah. Right. right? But also all the research and all the work that we've done since then and all the work that we do with people, like how to make sure this doesn't happen to you. Yeah. So want to talk a little bit about our project? Yes, please. Because <laughs> you and I, like we resonated on this so much when we first started talking about it. And now we get to do this on a regular basis over on Clubhouse. So we're doing it on Sundays, right? Yeah. Is it Sunday? Sundays? Mm-hmm. Sunday evenings? Sunday evenings. To yeah. get a reset for the week. So we're yeah. going to get started with that and have a evening show to get people ready for the week. Yeah. But how to do your reset, mm-hmm. how to be in control of your cockpit. How to be careful how I say that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it could be really fun too. Uh, this is a family show. Okay. So, you know, but how to, <laughs> you know, how to be the pilot. Mm-hmm. Of your high performance machine. Yeah. And not let it run you. I think that's going to be a great show. So people can, we'll put the notes in the show notes so that you have a way to find it. If you're on Clubhouse, you can always DM either Lisa or me on our Instagram accounts and we can share information with you there if you're interested, if you can't find it. Jesse? Yeah. I'm loving what we're doing, what we're, what is going to happen in Clubhouse for me on an individual level, if I wish I had that every Sunday night, because listen, people have got the Monday blues, right? And with what's going on right now to know that there's a place you can go and have candid conversations about what's up, also get tips and tools and inspiration on, you know, the micro things you can even do. Not just, it's not about just macro, the smallest little things like drink an extra cup of water. Sometimes that hydration goes a long way to the very deep stuff. Like we said, what did you learn about yourself? Like, oh, I'm hearing voices and, oh, I'm forcing antibiotics down my, you know, the community that can happen in a space like that to feel not so alone. I'm, I'm just energized to do it with you, Karen, for so many reasons, because again, you heard welcome to Microsoft. I heard Silicon Valleyitis and no one's talking about it at the level that was even on my radar before. So I'm excited about our clubhouse collaboration. We might call it welcome to the fam G. Oh. Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google. <laughs> Indeed, right? here's, here's how you stay in this for the long haul and be the pilot of your own machine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah back yeah. in the day, I would say, here's how to be a good Yahoo. You know? <laughs> I, how to be a good so Yahoo. funny when I, you know, I just think back to those days. You're going to do what? 
what's a Yahoo? I thought, oh, you guys are not in the game back then, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I want to make sure that you also tell people about Control-Alt-Delete. Tell me about your show. Thank you. Yeah. Control-Alt-Delete is the podcast that I have been doing for a while now. And I have the audacity to speak my truth on a weekly basis with awesome people like you. And I bring in experts tomorrow. I have a psychologist coming in and he's going to talk about burnout. And I've had people who are project managers. I've had PhDs all the way to HR professionals and everywhere in between. And not to say the HR professional might not have had a PhD. I'm just saying, you know, from the engineering world all the way to the people side. And what we do is we talk about how you can control alt delete, right? How do you get that reboot? Do you need the hard reboot? Is you just need to close the program, force quit something? It's very cheeky in that sense, but it's very real. And you can count on me for truth and you can count on my guests for insight and actionable tips real time. It's a blast. We also, because I know music helps elevate energy, each guest shares their favorite pick-me-up song. And it's oh, really we're building a playlist. And yeah, it's the beginning of a new adventure. And I've never done anything like this before, this real and raw in the sense of it just out in there for anyone to hear at any time. So first I thought, oh, and then I just thought, hell yeah, it's time. So Control-Alt-Delete with Lisa Dury. That's the podcast. And yeah. Oh, so everybody, yeah, yeah, look it up and leave her a five-star rating oh, and a review because that's the currency of podcasters. Yeah. 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 So, oh, that sounds amazing. So we're going to do the clubhouse. You've got your Control-Alt-Delete. What you know, as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up here, yeah. let people go. What are your top tips for, and what is your favorite, first of all, what is your favorite song and what are your top tips for the people who are listening who might be feeling like they're in need of a reboot? Yeah. My top tip, honestly, is don't go it alone. And that sounds so, it sounds so generic. So what I mean by don't go it alone is Find somebody to talk to, right? Whether it's a best friend at work, whether it's a spouse, a sister, a brother, colleague, heck, me, Karen, what, you know, get on Clubhouse and come talk, right? It's much easier to see it when you have someone else holding space and witnessing. My husband told me for a long time and I wouldn't hear him because he was my husband, right? So sometimes you have to hear it from somebody else. So don't go it alone. Um, have conversations, recognize it and connect, right? I think the most beautiful thing I found in all of my burnout was connection, even in your story that you shared to just know it's not really you. It's just the choices you're making and the environment you're in combined. You know, it's the perfect storm. So my tip would be don't go it alone. I mean, that's so generic and big. I'm trying to think of something actionable right now. If you want something that would be, here's the other thing I would say is how do you want to feel? And are you feeling that way? Honestly, great. Yep. Right. Yeah. Ask yourself the question, how do you want to feel? And then are you lining your day up to feel that way? And if there's a gap there, yeah. That's something yeah. to pay attention to. Yeah. I really love that. That is just so easy. And yeah. I honestly, and I think here's the thing I would add on to that. Yeah, yeah, please. Because there was a period where during my burnout phase, one of them. Yeah. I mean, aren't they always in a constant kind of flow? And yeah, I feel yeah. Well, life happens. Life right? absolutely life, happens. Life happens. And this is why burnout is not your fault. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of us are given 
circumstances to deal with that are so far beyond anything that we've ever had to deal with at that point. And you don't really necessarily get to opt out of it. You can't just say, this is hard and I'm going to (laughs) quit, right? You're in it and you're in life. And so, yeah. And so one of those circumstances that had happened, maybe I'll talk about it one of these days, but I literally had to stand in the shower. When you say, how do you want to feel? I had to stand in the shower with a brush, like not one of those nice soft like mm. brushes, but one of the bristly brushes. Yeah. Yeah. And scrub my skin with that in order to feel it. That's the far end of burnout. Yeah. Right. That's when you don't know what your body is feeling. That's when you don't know that you have a boundary with your skin. Like it also mm. is a sign of trauma. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I love about what you're saying is, first of all, ask yourself, how do you want to, how do you feel and how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. And if your answer is, I can't feel, mm-hmm. go get somebody, go get some help. Yep. Big time. Big thing that saved me was getting help yeah. at that point. Yep. Yeah. hundred so, percent agree. So not to, you know, burnout is when you say don't go it alone, get a friend, but also sometimes there is a point where you need to have medical One Listen, yeah. I went to the doctor. Yeah. I, when I burnt out, I went to the doctor. I got a therapist. I got a personal trainer and a nutritionist. I built my team. You I was go. Like, oh, clearly I don't have this handled. <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah. So you did the high performance thing. Was- I did. <laughs> <laughs> I rebooted in a high performance way on myself. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. still don't have it mastered. Listen, when the pandemic hit, a lot of the weight came back. I'm like, there we go. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said, yeah. things happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, highly recommend. Like, People will come to me for coaching, and I'm always scanning for. Do you need a coach or a therapist? And when the minute I can figure it out with them, I'm always referring. Like mental health first before yeah. coaching. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No brainer. And your song. Oh <gasps> my song! Oh my gosh, it changes all the time. What is it now? Right now, it's Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. <gasps> Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. I mean, rock your Shaka Khan. You know, I feel for you. Now, I, <laughs> oh my gosh, we need some cute. tunes in here, right? Okay, we'll have to add that in. Mine right now is Imagine Dragons on Top of the World. Oh, very good. Yes, right? And look how we smile when we say it. Even, I know, it just makes me happy thinking Even about if it. you don't play the song, but you hear it, it changes your vibe. It, cha- it raises yeah. your energy. So, yeah, yep. it's a great yep. meeting question, people. That's, people. that's what I tell people. The number one thing I tell you, and we should find a way to add music to this podcast. But the number one thing I would say is close the shades, draw the curtains, put the music on and dance around the room like nobody's watching. Absolutely. Every time. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Shake yeah. that booty. Shake that booty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait for Sunday. Night. I yeah. Sunday night's going to be your new favorite. Come join us on Clubhouse. It's in the flame proof. Burnout Recovery and Prevention Group Club on Clubhouse. So you can find us there. If you go to Clubhouse, if you're new to Clubhouse and you go to Clubhouse and you follow Lisa Dury or me, what's your handle on Clubhouse? It's really hard. It's Lisa Dury. I know. Lisa Dury. <laughs> Although no okay, one mine is not my name. Dury. Yeah. D-U-P-R-R-E. Yes. Okay. Mine is Mojo Maker. So if you want to follow us on Clubhouse and put the ring the little bell next to our names, you will be able to get notified every time that we go live. So, And I'm looking forward to it. And what a safe space to be able to just keep it real. 
for sure. Yeah. 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 Love it's it. A good one. Thank you for all the work you do, Karen. And thank you for having me. It's, it's just, it's an honor. And I'm inspired by what you do every day. And uh, oh. I'm thrilled to be working in Clubhouse with you. I'm so excited about this. I am too. I'm really, yeah. it's so fun to love what you do. I know, right? right? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It truly is. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa, so much. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you. Absolutely. I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah. Talk to you soon. You okay. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's show. Mojo Maker for Women in Tech podcast is part of the ecosystem of knowledge sharing and affordable group coaching to help reverse the trend of women leaving tech and to help diverse women in male-dominated industries get the visibility, opportunities, and compensation they deserve. Be sure to check out our five-day challenge by visiting us online at createyourleadingedge.com. Like what you hear? Subscribe, share, or leave a review wherever you listen to the show. We'll be back again next week. Be well, stay strong, and remember, be an ally.